Welcome to the perfume room. My scent of the day today is Elwood White Bergamot by none other than Abercrombie and Fitch, the brand behind all of my middle school nightmares. And this was a fragrance that was recommended to me on TikTok numerous times, and I finally got a chance to try it. I talked about it a few episodes ago, but I'm still at my mom's house, which is why the fragrances I've been cycling between have been somewhat limited, as I really only have access right now to what I left in my uh, childhood bedroom. Having worn this perfume many times over the last few weeks, I finally have like really comprehensive thoughts about it. And they are, I don't love this fragrance on the skin that much. You really get a strong alcohol note in the opening. And then the dry down, I'm like, I don't know if the payoff is there. You do get a hint of Nomad Amber. But again, for me, it's like a little bit more citrusy and a little bit more linen-y, which are two things that I kind of don't want in Nomad Amber. I would rather be softer and warmer versus crisper and cleaner. What I will say, however, is that I have been asked many times if there's something similar to Nomad Amber that I recommend for clothing because I really, really do recommend the Nomad Amber in its oil form. I don't particularly like it in the spray form. And I will say that this sits very nicely on clothes. It feels like a mix between clean linen, fresh laundry, and Nomad Amber. It's it's kind of everything you want in a clothing smell. It's super fresh, but also has that warm sort of white amber, white musk skin scent. So yeah, I guess in some ways it's kind of like a clothing perfume. Like I would use this in lieu of Febreze. I do want to talk about one other fragrance while we are talking about alternatives to other fragrances, and that is Insurrection 2 Sport. Okay, so this is a cheapie that my boyfriend found on YouTube. He is a big fan. I'm a big fan of Creed Aventus Cologne, not the black bottle, the gray one. He tends to like more freshy, sporty, aquatic scents, which is why I think we both sort of prefer the gray bottle. Anyway, we saw online that Insurrection 2 Sport is allegedly a really great dupe. It costs $23, so we're like, whatever, let's just try it. Now, immediately, I have some red flags, okay, because this perfume came out in 2021. When you hear Insurrection for a perfume that was manufactured in the U.S., what do you think of? To me, I'm like, great, now my boyfriend's going to smell like a freaking proud boy. Like what? Like we're just walking on the street and someone gets a whiff of him and he's like, he's all right, boys. He's one of us. Anyway, tried to do some good recon to just see who we were potentially supporting. Looked up the brand and it is a company called Rayan Tradition, which I was not familiar with. It says Rayan Tradition Paris, but then if you look it up, it actually is made in the U.S. So I was like, okay, red flag, right? Or Confederate flag, depending on who this manufacturer is. Then I found out that the holding company of Rayan Tradition is a brand called YZY Perfumes. Tried to Google them, see who was behind that. And the only thing I could find was that they got into a copyright lawsuit with Kanye West over saying Yeezy YZY. Besides that, we did not find any controversies about the brand or its owners. To be honest, we actually could not find anything. So he went ahead and ordered it just to see if it was a good alternative to Aventus Cologne And these are my thoughts. If you don't have to see anyone for like the first 30 minutes of wear, go for it. 
The opening made me gag, super synthetic, did not understand the comparisons to Creed. It smelled honestly just like a very bad combination of cheap fragrance materials. 15 minutes in, it kind of just smelled like a generic freshie, maybe something I'd see on like a teenage boy. Easy to wear, pleasant, nothing special. 25 minutes in, I was like, wait, this try down is actually not bad at all. The sillage was like pretty solid and I could understand the comparison to the dry down of Aventus Cologne. The next scent I will be sampling is called Let's Go Brandon. Just kidding. I will be getting to the perfume juice today in the middle of the episode, but it is on the masterful, iconic Thierry Mugler, who sadly just passed away, but not before shaping and changing the perfume industry as we know it. Before that, I want to introduce our guest today. I'm so happy to be joined by one of my favorite fragrance creators, Valerie March, who is the person behind the account you probably already know, love, and follow, the Niche Sampler. Personally, Valerie's page is the one that I go to when I want to learn about new niche brands. She knows and has tried so much, and her background is fascinating. She's currently living in Switzerland, where she is getting her PhD in something pertaining to tuberculosis, and she will explain it much better than whatever that just was. You gotta stand someone who lives a double life, where by day they handle biohazardous materials, and at night they handle beautifully crafted niche perfume juice. I love Valerie's perspective on European fragrances, whether it's different styles between French perfumers versus Italian perfumers versus Swiss perfumers versus American perfumers, or even just different fragrance trends that she's observed in the different countries that she's lived in. And of course, despite the hundreds, maybe thousands of fragrances that Valerie has tried, guess what it all comes back to? the one that we just can't keep out of our mouths on this podcast, Baccarat Rouge 540. In 2022, I vow to talk shit about it less, though full disclosure, um, there are a few recorded episodes, including Valerie's, coming up where I already have talked about it. If you are my therapist and you listen to this podcast, one, thank you for listening. I knew you totally did. And two, let's bookmark this and talk about it in therapy tomorrow. Warning, this episode may drive you to make impromptu purchases. Here's Valerie. Valerie, welcome to the perfume room. How are you doing? I'm so excited and happy to be here. Thank you for the invitation. Well, you know, first we must acknowledge the time and location difference between us because we are recording this. It is around 2 p.m. my time. Where are you and what time is it? I am in Switzerland and it's around 8 p.m. my time. It was actually quite perfect for me. You can still hit the day job. You are our second ever international guest and it's so great to have you. I have so many questions for you, but you know I always start off with, what are you wearing? Well, the official scent of the day was a combination of Baccarat Rouge 540X Straight because it is my champion. And mm -hmm. then I layered that with Le Liquid Imaginaire's Ile Poupre, which is basically mm. Purple Island, if you translate it. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, I came home and I was playing with some samples. And I also have Blanche Bette by Le Liquid Imaginaire on one arm and I have Portrait of a Lady on the other. This is amazing because already you are naming houses that I am not familiar with and 
one of the things I love most about your content and your taste is that you call yourself, your name on TikTok is the niche sampler and you truly know the world of niche in a way that I have not seen other TikTok creators, myself included. Um, I can't wait to talk to you about those brands. So what did you say it was called? The Liquid Imaginaire? Yeah, basically, yeah. Le Liquid Imaginaire, which is a super cool niche house from France. And yeah, I think I discovered it last year officially. And okay. they just, they're probably one of my favorite niche houses at the moment. Interesting. If you were to recommend one scent from that house that people should try, what would it be? And what does it smell like? Oof, that's a hard one. One, do I recommend the scent I have and then betray my individuality complex? Or do I go for the scent that I know will be mass appealing, which I also want, thus betraying my individuality complex? (laughs) Well, actually, as a South African, we have this motto called Ubuntu, which means I am because you are which is kind of a a motto for sharing. So I suppose I will share. And I'm wearing, well, Blanche Vette today, which is a sample I have. And it Mm -hmm. was what released last year. And it has tuberose and jasmine and then tonka, vanilla, a little bit of musk. And then I don't know if they've invented this, but they list a note called mystical. And I don't know what it is. When I smell it, there is something different that I can't quite place in it, in the top notes. Actually, almost smells Band-Aid-y. Okay. But yeah, it's really nice. It's sweet. It's comforting. Yeah. Hmm. Blanche bet. Interesting. I wonder what mystical is, and I'm very curious to try it. Okay. We also cannot ignore that in the first fragrance you mentioned was Baccarat Rouge Extrait. And you and I talked before we started recording and you are a Baccarat lover. And I thought maybe it would be like a nice, like healthy, not even debate because it's not a debate. If you love it, you love it. But what are your thoughts on Baccarat Rouge and why does it do it for you? Okay. So here's my story with Baccarat. Tell Uh, me. When I was in the middle of lockdown, when the pandemic first started, I was living in Paris and I had already started sampling niche fragrances. I just kept ordering samples and samples. And then I figured out you could order samples from Maison Francis Cochon for like 15 bucks. And mm-hmm. because I was in France, delivery was free. So I thought, bet, broke mm-hmm. student can do. And so mm-hmm. I ordered Baccarat Rouge. And the first time I smelled it, I won't lie, I did think, huh, this is what the girls are talking about? <laughs> and it was... It was not that exciting to me. Mm-hmm. But then I smelled the extract, which is what I have and what I'm wearing. And I thought, uh-huh, this is what the girls are talking about. And thus I got more respect for the eau de parfum. Mm. So I think that now it's just a case of people being tired of the scent, mm-hmm. which is understandable. Mm-hmm. But if you treat fragrance like... Uh, Pokemon, like, gotta get them all. I understand that (laughs) (laughs) if everybody's got the same Pokemon as you, Pikachu's not as special. But I think in its own right, nobody did anything like that before. And it smells great. And it's also amazing for layering. Yeah, and you are the only person I've ever heard make a Pokemon analogy about Baccarat Rouge. And I like it. How would you differentiate, for people who have only tried the Eau de Parfum, 
I'm, tr- you know, your accent's really good, so I have to step up my game. How would you differentiate the eau de parfum from the extrait? Okay, so the eau de parfum to me is more light and airy. So people often report a nausea to it after a while where they can't smell it on themselves, but other people can. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what the difference is for me. I think that the extrait sits closer to the skin, so you smell it on you more. And then mm-hmm. that added almond, I think that's what did it for me, really. It makes mm-hmm. it richer and creamier and deeper. And people say that they find it's more masculine, which I don't really understand. But that's to me, is the difference. To me, I think that the extrait has more firmness to it. Well, I will say that I do prefer the extrait as well. And I have a friend who wears it. I can't remember if I've told this story on the podcast. I have a friend who wears it because she discovered it because she works in the music industry and was on a set that Black China was on. And Black China left her sweater and it was covered in this perfume. This was years ago. And she was like, I have to return Black China's sweater, but first I need to know what fragrance is all over it. So she asked someone from her team and found out this was like circa 2018 that Black China was wearing Baccarat Rouge Extrait. And I will say on that friend, it smells absolutely amazing. And I only recently realized that I like the Extrait and not the Eau de Parfum. So this is a big moment in the podcast. Please, can we repeat for the people just that first part? You what? You what? The what? Okay, what I will say is it doesn't smell good on me no matter what. It's not, it doesn't work with my skin chemistry. But I have smelled it, the extray on people where it smells. I just said where, what, where it smells absolutely incredible. I am sure that you are one of them. And I think that's a great segue into the next question, which is, would you say you have a signature scent? No, I do not. Okay. Um, I just I have a few depending on the season that I frequently grab, but mm-hmm. I wouldn't say I have a signature scent. But I would say in general, I smell sweet and vanillic and creamy. That's beautiful. In the most innocent way. Yeah. No, I didn't think it was gonna go inappropriate. But I saw a TikTok. Well, I literally everything I'm saying today is bizarre. I just said where and then I just said I saw. I saw on your TikTok. That you described that people who are starting to collect fragrance, you recommend a fragrance wardrobe of five cents. Can you tell us a little bit about that theory? And then if you had to do that to yourself, what would be in your fragrance wardrobe? I'm coming in with the hard questions, Valerie. I was just, I was having a good time. Good evening. Okay. Sorry. So my, my theory is the average person who's not on perfume TikTok and just likes wants to smell good and wants to look after themselves does not need a million fragrances and -hmm. I don't think it's healthy to promote having these giant collections Mm -hmm. because most people won't use all of that up and there's no point in getting to credit card debt for smelly water it's also hoarding like it's blatantly hoarding it is a hoarding. And, yeah, you know, yeah. Perhaps you should have a psychologist on the podcast soon and maybe I chat about so. that. I think so. We could all benefit. But then I know that when I tried to find a signature scent, I ended up down this rabbit hole. Right. So I thought a reasonable balance is to have just a fragrance wardrobe. And I think five elements are, first of all, probably more budget friendly. And then second of all, it's versatile enough because you can layer. Um, mm-hmm. I said to somebody the other day, if you have two fragrances, you actually have three because you can always layer fragrances. Wow. Um, so 
the five piece fragrance wardrobe is your daily driver or signature scent. So this is the one that you would always grab to go to the office or something that is an immediate reach for you. And then to switch it up in spring and summer, you can get something lighter, fresher, more floral. Mm -hmm. And then in autumn and winter, you could get something deeper, sweeter, smokier, because those are the cool scents, my favorite category. And then you need something for date nights and special occasions, because everybody wants something to make them feel super special. Like you have right. that one dress or those shoes. I think you can have that in your perfume wardrobe as well. Mm-hmm. And then the final one depends on your lifestyle. And I said you could have a bedtime fragrance, you could have a gym fragrance, although some people would argue against people dousing themselves in perfume to go to the gym. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, and I think that's reasonable. So what is the wild card fragrance for you? And then what are the other four? So I think that I have to preface this with saying, I know it's very ridiculous, but I think that the Baccarat Rouge X-Clay is my wild card because I just use it to layer and enhance. And mm-hmm. I do like to wear it when I want to feel extra zhuzhed up. Mm-hmm. And the rest, it's like, I would go signature Maison Crivelli's Lise Solberg, okay, which is this awesome lily fragrance. And then spring, summer, I'd have to go carnal flower, Dominique Ropion for Frédéric Mel. And then autumn, winter, this is where my heart starts breaking. Okay, autumn, winter, I'd go Lune Féline by Atelier des Ors. I'm just sticking to the fragrances that are already in my collection. These are all great choices. And I feel very happy for myself that I can follow along because usually you name niches that I'm like, I have never heard of that. Date night special occasion. Hmm. I have to do Song for a Queen by Roos and Roos. There, that, you've lost me now. I don't know that one. There we go. Okay, okay. Roos and Roos, French niche house, mother-daughter situation. You actually get it in America. I think you get it at Nordstrom's. Hmm. And so that would be it. That would be my five-piece fragrance wardrobe. Wow. If I were to live in an oppressive world where I'd have to do that. Okay, but luckily you don't. And so you can continue to build your collection, which out of curiosity, how many samples would you say you currently possess? I don't. I wouldn't even care to estimate. I would say above 100. Mm -hmm. But also because some of them are like there's maybe one spray left because... I just keep things just for reference. I right. call it a scent library at, at this point because right, right. <laughs> it's now a reference point. And how do you organize your collection and what do you do with scents that you just absolutely will never wear? So I've seen other people say, oh, I just give it to friends and I just keep them. If they're good, I'll just keep them. And organization style, I just organize them by brand at this point because I do have a lot of discovery mm-hmm. kits. So I do have a lot from one brand. And then there are some brands where I have one or two samples, but I want more of and whatever fits in what box I have. But what if you hate it? Do you still keep it? I do. I do. I have two particular scents that I really, really hate and I have kept them. Okay. Just in case you ever, you know, want to be like a masochist and just like have a bad day or something. Yes, actually. If I don't like somebody, I think I'd give one of them to them. Okay, so we're learning about another side of you <laughs> that, today. Would, that would be my small, innocuous bit of revenge. Saying, hey, I love this wow. scent. I think it would be great on you. 
Yeah, I have I have given perfumes that I think are absolute garbage to people before. Full disclosure, I don't think any of them are listening. Not, but they're also my friends who know nothing about fragrance, and they're just like happy to be invited to the party. You know what I mean? So I'm like, here, take this, and then they're like, oh, if Emma likes it, and I'm like, I'm giving this to you because it's garbage. But if anyone asks me, no, I didn't. Um, okay, so you were talking about the discovery kits that you have. Are there any, if you had to recommend like two great discovery kits you think that everyone should experience, what would you say? I think that the Maison Crivelli one, just because of the gag, the, the spray cards. It's so cool. It's super cool. Hello, everyone. Please enjoy my attempt at an ad break. And as a reward for you doing so, I am now going to speak in the most commercial voice ever. <clears throat> Did you just hear Valerie talk about the Maison Crivelli discovery kit? Did you know that you can get all that and more, 10% off, at twistedlily.com if you simply use the code PERFUMEROOM10 at checkout? This code will work for any purchase on twistedlily.com. Imagine being able to get a discount on your favorite fragrances while also supporting your favorite podcast. And then I would say... Well, what's this person looking for? I guess just one that you think has the most, you're most likely to like most of the scents. Okay, then I would say the Parlement de Parfum set. I got the Iconics and all the, the other I'm, ones. The what? Parlement de Parfum. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to say I couldn't understand because, you know, it's a little bit fuzzy via Zoom and no, it of had course, absolutely nothing to do with your impeccable French accent. than I do, so. Okay, but your accent is impressive. Like I watch your videos and you're like Maison Crivelli. And I'm just like, ugh. I will say that I have had a history of having fellow creators on the podcast whose voices are very soothing to listen to. And I have to put you up there because you just have this immaculate accent. Your voice is like us is so sing-songy. And your video, I just I love watching your videos. So thank you so much. I realize I didn't ask you one of the opening questions I asked, and I'm sure you have lots of things to say. Do you have any fragrance hot takes? I think that probably the one that comes to mind immediately is I think that most tips and tricks to make your fragrance last longer are a waste of time. Amen. Just Somebody said it. get a travel atomizer and just reapply. Whoever stop with are. the lotions. Stop with the weird, like, you don't need to cover your body in Vaseline Why before you put your perfume casting? on. Why are we yeah. clogging our pores when we oh, have the you. perfume? Just reapply it, beloved. Free yourself. Thank you so much for this amazing hot take. And also, why are you going to spoil a, an incredible perfume with some drugstore Lubriderm? Why are you going to do that? And I was actually really confused the first time I heard people giving tips out because people always say, make sure that your skin is moisturized. And I said, record scratch. What are we doing after we shower? Are we not lotioning? Is this not standard practice? Because I was, I was there with pen and paper ready to, like, I'm lotioning up your skin. Okay, I'm doing that already and it's still not lasting. Right. So what's the real... What's the real tea? The tea is the perfume is not long lasting. And if you have to buy a matching deodorant and a matching body wash and a matching body lotion to get your fragrance to stay, 
perhaps try the other hundreds of thousands of scents that are out in the world if you are not willing to reapply your perfume. Wow. Okay. So the hot tip from, from Valerie is if you need to make your perfume last longer, get a new perfume. That is not what I said reapply first. <laughs> the first tip is to reapply. But yeah. You were mentioning earlier, you casually dropped the various countries you've lived in, which is so impressive. I did say you're our second international guest, but I think you are our most, um, what's the You've lived in the most places of anyone I've had on the podcast. You grew up in South Africa. Yes. Then you went and lived in Paris for undergrad. For my master's. For your master's. Postgrad master's in France, and now I'm doing my PhD in Switzerland. Whew. Okay. Take us through the smells of each place. Where you live, what does it smell like? And are there any fragrance trends that you're like, everyone in South Africa likes of this scent. Everyone in France likes of this. I mean, you can't generalize a country. I get it. Yeah. But you know, like general trends. Um, actually, I thought about this the other day. I'd love to know if there are South African perfumers that are making mm -hmm. local scents. But mm -hmm. well, first of all, because most of my youth was spent in South Africa, I just think of all the body sprays that I used to wear. Which were... Revlon Pink Happiness. And I think that my first big gold perfume was Carolina Herrera's 212. Yeah, I know and it. Vibe. And then I had yeah. Nude Bariana. That was also a vibe. Memories. <laughs> <laughs> but I think everyone in South Africa kind of enjoys your classic Chypre floral kind of woody floral business scent. I think Coco Mademoiselle probably does well there. And mm -hmm. I remember people really enjoying Elizabeth Arden's scents. Or maybe mm -hmm. that was just everybody's aunt loved those scents. Um, like Red Door. Green Tea. Green Tea. Sunflower. Yeah. Sunflower, exactly. Oh, the Green Tea Slab, so that's such a fresh scent. I love that one. I feel like Wilhelm Dear Polly is green tea with a little oak moss. Maybe that's my hot take, but. Actually, I you know what? Yeah. I think so too. It's green tea with a little zhuzh. Exactly. So the French women kind of really enjoy also their classic parfum, but light florals like your Chloe or the parfum, slightly musky scents, but depending where you are. Because mm -hmm. I remember mm -hmm. when I was recently in Paris, I smelt a lot of orange blossom, like really juicy orange blossom. And mm -hmm. actually, I think it was Safanade by Parfum de Mali that I was smelling. And here, people just like really sweet scents. So lots of tuberose, like Armani My Way tuberose. And mm -hmm. it's been mostly a pandemic while I've lived here. So masks up. But yeah, so right. I just smelled really sweet tuberose, white floral scents. That is so interesting. Another thing that we had talked about briefly was especially because you are in Europe and you have had the opportunity to try so many French perfumes and Italian perfumes. Do you feel that there are noticeable differences in styles among like American perfumes versus French versus Italian or anything like that? I, I think I have seen some differences. I think French perfume, because a lot of perfumers that are, work with big designer brands tend to be the French perfumers, is kind of ubiquitous. Mm -hmm. So you get a lot of the white florals, but you also get some cool things with the new up-and-coming houses. Mm -hmm. And I think that a stark difference in comparison is Italian-style perfumery. I haven't sampled very widely, but 
either they go super lemony and fresh or they're mm-hmm. super sweet, deep, dark and dalek and analic. And it's always an mm. extra concentration. So they want strong, bold perfumes. And actually, one of the Swiss houses I discovered has an Italian perfumer. And judging by their three scents, I can tell. Because they have these deep, sweet, dark, heady kind of fragrances. Wow. And I've also, I recently discovered a Scandinavian, like a Swedish brand called Saver. And mm-hmm. that was just something else completely to me and there's something they had a lot of vegetal scents but I didn't recognize what plants they were and something Mm. fruity and tangy and I'm still trying to see if I like it because it's very different but it's really interesting that is interesting and I wonder like what why it is that different countries have different trends whether it is what people are wearing or what perfumers are creating you were mentioning a Swiss brand that you like what is the perfume scene like in Switzerland? Are like, do you, are there main perfume stores? What is your journey in Switzerland? So in Switzerland, instead of states, I've got cantons here. And I think every canton has at least like one main place where you could find some niche fragrances. And in terms of Swiss houses, I'm still exploring them more. But they mm-hmm. tend to be really expensive. But that's just... <laughs> Anything local is expensive here. And right. it's been super cool. Like earlier this year, I discovered Pernois. And they're the house that has this Italian perfumer. And the first scent that I smelled was really incredible. It had some yuzu at the top and then tobacco and vanilla and honey. Mm. It was resinous, but then it was woody. And I was like, okay, this is a bold first release. And then in the summer, they released this scent that was really ambergris heavy and then it had lots of citrus fruits but somehow it was really long lasting as well Mm. and again the fruity side of Italian perfumery and then my favorite was their winter release which is rum and spices and a little bit of oud and vanilla and it's super happy and it's apparently inspired by South American dancing and festivals or something and I love that and then there's another house that I want to discover but you kind of just have to sniff around and figure it out because it's like is this just like a cheapy store brand or is this actually a more established brand or a brand that's actually building up to be a perfume house right it's also if you don't have a frame of reference you don't know if you're smelling something that like everyone in Switzerland has written off or like you're on the brink of a new discovery so what is like a day for you like in this PhD program and what is going out Valerie doing and wearing? Okay so as a PhD student I mostly spend my time in the lab as a wake up choose my scent of the day and because it's a pandemic and everybody's wearing masks I'm not shy to be liberal with my scent and then um, because everything is super close you just kind of walk to work and then I spend a lot of time wearing an N95 mask, which is like with a heavy duty level of mask, the one that the nurses wear, and mm-hmm. overall suits and sitting in a biosafety level three containment lab to work with highly infectious pathogens, or specifically a bacteria. And then, as all perfume lovers do. As we all do. And so your PhD is in it's something related to 
tuberculosis. Exactly. Study the evolution of drug resistance. Are you looking for any like content creators? <laughs> <laughs> I'll ask my PI and ask and see, see what he thinks. But actually, one thing I love about my job is that I get to use a lot of disinfectant. And that is one of the weird niche smells that I enjoy. <laughs> so apart from fragrance, I do love the smell of disinfectant. Wow. Okay. So if you get a perfume that has like really high alcohol concentration, you're probably like, oh, it doesn't bother me. Or does it, does it bother you where it shouldn't be? Yeah. I like everything where it should be. That's true. What is your social life like in Switzerland? Like what are the people in your program like? So, I mean, most of the time in our, we don't see the other people in our program because we're all in our different units. But like if we are, if we've had a hectic day, we'll grab a drink. If it's summertime, we like to go down to the river and we'll have a drink and look at the, I don't know, the birds, the swans, lots of swans here. And mm -hmm. these are very vicious birds. So I don't, I don't suggest that you get close to them. Otherwise, you can go to the high street, have a drink, and some of the bars turn into clubs. And so it's nice to have a little dance here or there. But at any, at any time, I'm always ready to re-up on my fragrance, just to, re just to reiterate the message. So I, I will carry yes, a sample yes. of the scent of the day or an atomizer, what I'm wearing. Um, but otherwise, it's a quiet life because I try to start an early day. So I try and have an early night. And yeah, you just kind of go to the grocery store, grab your food, cook, and then rest. I, I try to introduce a lot of rest in life. And make a TikTok here or there. It looks like we're living the same life, just a few thousand miles apart. Today's perfume juice, as I mentioned earlier, is on the icon, the visionary Thierry Mugler. Thierry not only changed the fashion industry, he revolutionized the fragrance industry. And there are so many different fragrances that I could talk about that have done so from the house of Mugler. But the one I want to pay particular homage to in today's episode is, of course, Angel. And on a side note, if you haven't listened to my episode with Anne Gottlieb, you must, because she was a key player in the industry at the exact time that this fragrance was founded. And even she, a visionary and revolutionary in her own right, never thought that a fragrance like this could work. There had not been anything of its kind before Angel was created. It was really the first gourmand that set the precedent for the idea that consumers wanted to wear edible fragrances. So whether you love Angel or not, or you're in my comments telling me it smells like cake and patchouli, if you love any gourmand fragrances, if you love notes of caramel and praline and chocolate and even the non-dessert ones, the fruity fragrances, you need to pay your respects to the godfather of all gourmands, Angel. Okay, I totally lied and I need to say one more thing about Mugler, which is that I think by far Mugler is the house that people have the most scent memories attached to. Besides all the dozens and hundreds of flankers that exist for all their successful fragrances, the amount of people who have messaged me, who have commented, and myself included, who have a strong scent memory attached to Angel or Alien or it's what they wore when they got their first kiss, or it's what their parent wore, or their ex-best friend, or their older sister, or their neighbor. Everything is attached to a Mugler scent. You guys know one of my strongest scent memories is with Alien, and it speaks volumes not only to 
how standout Mugler fragrances are, but just how memorable they are and the power of scent associated with those fragrances. You smell it and you instantly get transported to a time and a place. Rest in peace to our angel, Terry Mugler. I saw a TikTok. There was, there was a lady who I think she's a cleaner in the UK that kept on popping up on my For You page because clean talk was having drama. I don't know what was going on, but she kept on popping up on my For You page. And then somebody asked what fragrance she wears. And then she spoke about how as she's gotten older, scents that she enjoyed on her skin are performing terribly. And then apparently there is this molecule that your skin bacteria emit as you age. It's called 2-nonenal, probably. And this, that's that old people smell that people talk about. It's like a whole thing that they've measured it and isolated it. You know, that's really interesting because there are certain scents that like my mom has talked about that they smelled good on her when she was younger. And as she's gotten older, they don't sit on her skin right or they go sour. And it's the same person and the same scent. And it's just a matter of her aging that's changed the smell of it. And I think that's like when you think about fragrances that are youthful, it could be a genre of like, okay, younger people tend to appreciate more palatable scents, typically sweet or fruity or things that are more gourmandy because that's like kind of what their palate is used to. Or it could just be like, these are ones that sit better on younger skin. And these are ones that sit better on older skin. Exactly. But like, do you think when you're 90, you will be wearing the same scents that you're wearing now? I, the thing is, is like, I also... I think there's a lot of weird contextualization with scents. Like, I'm sure you have gotten this on your videos. I get this comment all the time of like, this note smells old lady on me. Like, I want a perfume, but everything smells old lady. And I guess it's like, if you think about what old lady scents are, most of those women who who grew up and, and didn't die and thus became, old, air quotes, old ladies, started wearing those scents when they were not old. And so like, I don't know exactly what my taste will be in my 90s. But I think like we are like societally trained to believe that it's like these big sheep's fragrances and like, you know, things that are animalic musks with these different like white florals. And maybe it's like civet and tuberose and carnation and jasmine and like some concoction like that. But those it's not like the the marketing of that campaign when those scents came out was an old lady. It was like a young, sexy vixen. So I don't, I don't know. That's true. But like, I, I can't imagine, for instance, like Flower Bomb ever mm-hmm. being dubbed an old lady scent. Right. No, but I, I actually, do have people on record who yeah. have said they will wear Flower Bomb till they die. So it right. will be an old lady scent. I I remember I actually like posted something about this before because I was like, someday our grandkids are going to be like, oh, whenever I smell Glossier you, I think of my grandmother. You know what I mean? Like these scents that like we grew up with that we think are these like youthful scents. And it's like, we're going to be somebody's like ancestor at some point too. We're still wearing these scents. People are going to be like, Curious by Britney Spears was my great grandmother's scent. Like, you know, I mean, that's what people say about like passion by, by, um, oh my God, I thought there was a fox in my backyard. Passion by Elizabeth Taylor. You get foxes? Once in a while, there will be a weird, I'm at my mom's house right now. It was a squirrel, but 
We found some weird animals over here. One time there was a bear on my street, which was really crazy. One of the things I did during COVID um, when I did move back in with my mom for a time was I joined Nextdoor. Do you guys have that in Switzerland? No. What's that? It's like Twitter for baby boomers. It's absolutely my favorite site I've ever been on. It's like people's drama that's all local. It's like if these houses will not take out their garbage, we are going to call the town because it stinks. Or like just like people <laughs> complaining about people will be like, you know, saw this a dead bird on this street. What should I do? And people are like, leave it. It's a dead bird. Like just crazy things of like people who had nothing to do during their time in quarantine posting about anything and everything they saw. Anyway, the first day that I created an account, someone posted that they saw a bear on my street. And that was like that crazy because that's not normal. Wow. Next door. I digress. Wow, I kind of want to now. Next door is fun. I want to go back yes. and talk about your personal fragrance journey. You mentioned earlier that you started ordering all of these samples in an effort to find the one. Tell me about your relationship to perfume. Okay. Well, as a girly girl, I've always loved beauty and everything nice. But I think that it was cemented in my mind that you could really make an impact with your scent when I was at an award ceremony that happened to have the Earl and Countess of Wessex randomly. And I was sat next to the Countess of Wessex, Sophie, and she smelled incredible. She smelled like a million bucks. And mm-hmm. obviously she's... How old were you? 17. Okay. And... Obviously, she's a royal countess, and I wasn't going to ask her what scent are you wearing because I was a 17-year-old, and I definitely would not mm-hmm. have been able to afford it. And it it sat with me since. I thought, wow, that's incredible. Countess of Wessex, if anything about her, I know that she smells amazing. And then, of course, there was the whole hoopla during the early pandemic about how Rihanna's rumored to smell amazing as well. And I thought... I'd like to make that sort of impact as well. And mm-hmm. I ran out of my signature fragrance. This was when I was living in Paris. Which was? I am valid. I would like to put that down first. But I was wearing okay. YSL Black Opium. Wow, what a reveal. The niche sampler was wearing YSL Black Opium. I want that on record. I smelled, I will say this right now. I smelled amazing. And that fragrance It smells amazing. Good. It's popular. It's popular for a reason. It exactly. is popular for a reason. And I will say, I fully agree. Exactly. And actually, Lune Feline by Atelier des Ors, made by the same nose. So clearly, she's got something that I like in her creation process yeah look up the perfumers you love of the expensive fragrances and see which budget ones they've done not even that that's a budget fragrance but which more affordable fragrances they've done and try them out you never know but the weird thing is and I think that now with the internet I've seen that this happens in America as well but in Paris it seemed like there was a sale every single week like I'd be walking down Rue Saint-Germain and then the Sephora would be open and it's like oh Mother's Day sale Oh, oh, winter sale, summer sale, April sale. And I thought, okay. And so I could smell a lot of things. And then I eventually saw an advert on Instagram for a scent diagnosis. And then there's this boutique in Paris called Nose. And they will give I, you... I've been served that ad. <laughs> yeah, I fell for it. 
And so you put in like your three most recent worn fragrances and then they'll give you a selection of fragrances based on what they think you like. And Mm -hmm. obviously, because your scents will probably have common elements to them. And then Mm -hmm. you get like a 10 euro pack of 10 cents and then you smell and smell and smell. Within Mm -hmm. them was a fragrance that got away. It is no longer being made. And that just hurts my feelings because... If I knew then what I know now, I would have nabbed that fragrance before anything else. What was it? It was a scent called Zero Zero Aurelien by Odin New York. Speaking of American perfumery, they start from zero one now and they don't make that scent anymore. And I was speaking to somebody at a boutique in Paris and he described it so well. He said it's like a love child between... Frederick Mel's Masravageur and Portrait of a Lady. Wow. So it had like these rosy, fruity accents. And then it was also quite musky and vanillic at the base. And I will never smell it again because it's finished. It's gone. Oh, well. I'm sorry for your loss. Even eBay. Scarce. And so then after nose, I thought, okay, wow, it's cool stuff's happening. And then I just kept on sampling, finding more discovery kits because they were pretty cheap because mm-hmm. the shipping was free and then I realized that I was sampling niche perfumes and I was like okay what does that mean and then I just didn't stop okay I am so impressed I did accrue some perfumes along the way so this is essentially like a two-year hobby or less than yeah Wow. You are so well-versed and your passion and dedication is very clear because I would have assumed that this was like a lifelong passion for you oh wow I suppose it's like that's the researcher in me that comes out right because it's like let me know more right what note am I smelling and what what is the molecule or whatever (laughs) exactly although I try not to go in depth as much because then it becomes less fun right if I get too scientific method about it I'm just like you're being boring now Val so do you think that there is any crossover of like you being are you a can I call you a scientist what is your official title we'll just go for scientist it's it's a hot topic among grad students okay (laughs) but I do do research what should I a researcher scientific research yes a researcher that's good okay okay what is the crossover uh, of being a perfume lover and a scientific researcher if any I don't know if there's a crossover actually you know sometimes oh first of all we are conversing in one half of my double life. I have not told any of my colleagues that I sample fragrances a lot or that I speak about it on the internet. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that a lot of the stereotypes about scientists and researchers are unfortunately true. So people don't necessarily look kindly upon girly habits. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't know if there is a crossover. I would argue that being into fragrance is not a girly habit because it's literally being into something related to one of your five senses, which is like so non like it's like if someone's really into food or wine or, you know, ASMR, nobody genders that. And so being really connected to having things that like our hedonistic value for your nose. It's like, it's weird to me that that has become like, oh, this is a, like a girly hobby. We're doing air quotes, by the way. Anyway, yeah, for everybody quotes. listening. I air quote everything and sometimes I say it out loud, but sometimes I'm just like, they know what I mean, you know? 
you know? Yeah, that's very true. I agree. And of course, we know because we we have our male counterparts in the TikTok space. Mm -hmm. So clearly it's a universal habit. Yeah. But I think that perhaps the the drive to deeply commit to something, that's probably the one overlap. Right. Like you you got into it, you latched on and you've gone down a rabbit hole, which sounds like yeah. scientific research. Which is quite a record for me. I get bored really easily. But not if it interests you. And so for that, we get Baccarat Rouge and tuberculosis. Exactly. And TV talk. <laughs> TV talk and perfume talk. That's where you'll find Valerie. The worlds collide. I want to talk about TikTok because that's where I first discovered you. What has your experience been on TikTok, were you first a voyeur before you became a creator? That's exactly it. So I started watching TikTok in 2020 like everybody else because we had nothing better to do. I was stuck in my 15 square meter, 200 square foot apartment in Paris. Thank you for the live conversion. I really appreciate that. Which is probably inaccurate. And um, you couldn't sing a cat there. I was like, let me just watch some TikTok. And it was mostly the dance videos, yeah? Mm-hmm. And eventually, perfume TikTok started coming up and I would follow the creators because I like perfume. Mm-hmm. But then I noticed that everybody kept on recommending the same fragrances. And I thought, surely the world can't all smell like these five fragrances. And there are other scents out there that are also really cool. And then... What were the five fragrances you kept seeing? It was Dolce & Gabbana Light Blue. It was um, Delina. It was Marc Jacobs' Daisy mm-hmm. a lot. Mm-hmm. And obviously Baccarat. No, Baccarat was more 2021, I'd say. Mm-hmm. But it was just those kinds of fragrances. And a lot of people being asked the same question and everybody saying the same things. And Carolina Herrera, good girl. That mm-hmm. had its moment in 2020 as well. Yeah. And then I thought, huh. But I didn't do anything about it. But then I moved to Switzerland, literally in the middle of the pandemic. Paris was locked down. I had to get permission slips to leave my friend's apartment to go to the Parisian Swiss embassy to get my my visa and then leave. And then when I arrived in Switzerland, I was stuck to, had to quarantine because everybody was quarantining from everywhere. And then I thought, okay, I am bored. I'm not making friends and I have this knowledge. And the only thing that I'm using to pass my time is frustrating me. So I thought, let's just make some TikToks. And I think it's really liberating because I have no expectation of any sort of renown or anything. If I can help one person find a cool scent, I'm happy. And have you received any comments or messages of someone being like, I I got this because of you and it's my new favorite scent? Yes. And it's the best thing ever. Isn't it? Uh, Yeah. I think my favorite recommendation win was recommending Atelier Maturie's Santal Blonde because I'm a sandalwood girl. And somebody was like, do I buy Baccarat or do I buy Santal Blush by Tom Ford? I said, I get the sandalwood scent, first of all, because it's, more interesting and I said but don't get scent of lush and I listed off five different scents and then she got one she sampled most of them and then mm-hmm. she said she loved scent blonde that's very exciting that was me that was my sale you are welcome luckyscent.com I will take my praise with just a like <laughs> take your praise and perhaps a commission are there any scents right now that are buzzing on tiktok today 2022 or of late 
that you just can't get you can't get behind. It's it's still Delina. It's Delina for me. Mm-hmm. I I have sampled that scent multiple times. Different retailers thinking maybe the bottle was off here, but on my skin, it's just it's just a, another rose. Mm-hmm. It's so overhyped for something that smells. To me, not bad, but very similar to lots of other fragrances. Very mass appealing. Like, I feel like, oh, I I feel like I smelled this in 2004, you know, type smell. Exactly. But also, it was just the level of hype it was getting. Mm-hmm. People were reporting people chasing them down the streets and wanting to saw their arm off because of this fragrance. So I really expected something else. Yeah. And then... For a while, I'd known that Santal 33 was a big hyped up thing. And then I actually smelt it at the Lalabo store in Paris. And I also said again, this one? This? I know. I fully agree. We're doing this with sandalwood and this is what we are appreciating? Okay. Right. I think it also has to do with an aesthetic. It's like if you see a person who whose aesthetic looks cool or looks like something you want to emulate, whatever fragrance they wear if they are really committed to the bit, if they are like, this is the fragrance, that is it, this is what I wear, and you are like, I look up to them or I want to have that vibe, then immediately I feel like it's almost like Emperor's New Clothes. Like, oh, I know someone really trendy who wears Santal, so I'm going to wear Santal. And now Santal smells trendy because I associate trendy people with the smell of Santal 33. Exactly. We do need a psychologist on this podcast. (laughs) Also... And let me say this. Say it. It is not a bad scent. I just was underwhelmed. In fact, I was, I'm underwhelmed in general by the brand, but I will sample more. Mm-hmm. Belda Freak. Byredo is an underwhelming brand, and I, I'll put it on record. Okay. There are a few Byredos I love, but as a whole, the house underwhelms me, and I think there are a few superstars in the bunch. And also the price point. Mm-hmm. For, what, for what that is yeah yeah but let me tell you the bottles look fabulous on the pinterest boards they do look stunning oh i love it again yeah. the aesthetic the yeah. aesthetic's fantastic they were one of the first brands that really leaned into that sort of like minimal black and white no fuss like it's cool to not try type of aesthetic not that they didn't try because the, the you know the bottle is like magnetic and it's round but very much like minimalist aesthetic exactly my last question for you, Valerie, before the final segment is how would you describe your personal aesthetic and is there any sort of like general fragrance family or facet that you feel matches it? I would say that my general aesthetic is hmm, classic, minimal, but also a little avant-garde. So for instance, researchers, people are coming in t-shirt and jeans, sweatshirts, and sneakers. And I will be there in a blazer. And I generally wear all black every day, Mm -hmm. today being an exception. Mm -hmm. And that is just my vibe. I like to look good and feel good. Like fancy casual. Yes, exactly. Business casual most of the time. Yeah. I will never walk into a store, look at a t-shirt and say, I have to have that. Mm -hmm. And because I'm an adult now and I have to pay for my things, I would rather buy things that I think are fabulous or feel fabulous. Mm. So that is kind of what I go for. Okay. So scent-wise, there is a trend. I love a cardamom note. Mm. If there's cardamom in there, I'm interested. Mm -hmm. Call me. Okay. I love sandalwood. 
because I think that it can be a really cool neutral mm-hmm. somehow if that makes sense because yeah, it's know quite mean. creamy mm-hmm. and but it's like interesting it's more interesting than musk mm-hmm. but there's some really cool musks that I also enjoy and then vanilla 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 has to be there yeah give me some resins some vanilla some resins I want to smell like a corporate witch I think that if we encompass it all okay. together, it's kind of like a corporate witch. Could be a Scorpio thing. What perfume in your collection feels most corporate witch? Gris Chanel by BDK Parfum. Yes, that is a corporate witch scent. Okay, Valerie, we have a final segment of the show where I'm sneakily going to add in multiple more questions I wanted to ask you but didn't. Are you familiar with What's That Smell? I am familiar with What's That Smell. Okay, great. I love the jingle. Why it sometimes does fun iterations of it. Maybe we'll do one in this episode. I don't know, Wyatt, if you're up for it. It would be cool. Yeah. Uh, If you're up for it, it, Wyatt, maybe we can get a custom jingle. Oh, we could do it live. Wait, Wyatt, do you want to do a What's That Smell? Sure. Hold on. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Mm, Corporate witch. (laughs) Wow. That is everything. That's everything. Excellent. So you guys know we always do that in Not post. Made. This was our first ever live Wyatt rendition and it was everything we needed and more. Okay, Valerie, what was the smell of your childhood home? Oil paints, baking, and chlorine because we had a pool. Okay. And I used to paint because I was an art student. Wow. Art student, scientific researcher, perfume lover. It just keeps going. What was the smell of your teenage years? Carolina Herrera's VIP, mm-hmm. watercolor, <laughs> and incense coming from my sister's room. Interesting. And does your sister wear fragrance? She does. I send her. What is the smell currently of your sister? Sunny Side Up by Juliet has a gun. Oh, interesting. Okay. Very lovely. Very lovely. Nice little sort of citrusy vanilla sunny vibe. Yeah. Okay. Sunny vibe. She's, she loves the beach and the ocean. She's like a mermaid. Okay. Very cool. What is the smell of your first kiss? Oh, gosh. Um, Cheap beer. Cheap beer. Okay. What is the smell of love? Love smells like roses and the seaside. Have you tried um, Dias and Durga Rose Atlantic? Because that is essentially yes, roses and the seaside. Do you like that one? I do like it. That does smell like your but definition of love. It, yeah. Exactly. It does smell like love. Wow. Okay. Beautiful. What is the smell, if you had to forecast a trend, what is the smell of 2022 in fragrance? Oh, in fragrance, I think 2022 smells like, if we take the popular vote, it's going to be caramel Mm -hmm. with hints of white florals, I'd say, and a little touch of oud. The girls are waking up to Oud. The girls are waking up to Oud. And I think that that's largely in part to TikTok and creators like you. So here they come. It's going to be a good year. Here they come. The final question. What is the spell of the niche sampler, Valerie March? Valerie March smells like vanilla and amber with a splash of disinfectant. Had to go out on that note. I love it. Had to go, had to to go out on that note. Had to give the shout out. Had to give the story That's a great out. also COVID answer as well because don't we all smell like hand sanitizer and our favorite perfume? Yeah. Valerie, it has been such a pleasure having you on the podcast. I'm so glad we got to talk. I'm such a fan of your content and your taste. 
where can listeners find you if they want to go on a deep dive? You can find me on TikTok at The Niche Sampler and on Instagram at The Niche Sampler. And ask me any fragrance related questions. Yes. Always happy to help. That's amazing. Okay, well, this has been so much fun. Thank you, Valerie. This has been. Thank you so much. Ciao. Perfume Room is edited by Wyatt Peak. Music is by Max Vernon, and illustrations are by Israel Rodriguez. 